TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Let's head to the phone lines right now to be joined by one of my favorite people to talk football with, Bonte Hill of 95.7 The Game. But first, let me tell you that our big game coverage is brought to you by Community America Credit Union. Community America Credit Union is proud to be the exclusive banking partner of the Kansas City Chiefs. Get your Chiefs checking account, including the exclusive Chiefs debit card at ChiefsChecking.com. Bonte, how you doing today, my man? Oh, man, long time no talk, Harrington. How you doing? I'm doing good. Bonte, let me tell you, man, that the confidence here in Kansas City is absolutely through the roof. So in the segment before you just hopped on, I gave one thing that I'm confident in. I'm confident in Kansas City's ability to run the ball. I saw Aaron Jones have over 100 yards. I saw David Montgomery have 95 yards rushing. Jamison Williams had that big play. I'm confident about that. One thing I am worried about, Kansas City didn't score in the second half against the Ravens, and they didn't score in the fourth quarter against Buffalo. I'm worried that they're going to hit a little bit of a lull. And I'm telling you, the text line was telling me to shut up, that this is going to be a blowout. Our top text is, is, is Kansas City 27, Niners 13. Overwhelming confidence in Kansas City. How are you guys in the Bay Area heading into this matchup? How confident are you guys? Well, quiet confidence. And I remember since you came on my show this morning, you were very confident. I don't know what switched up in the last four hours with you, Carrington, but we'll get to that at some point in this conversation. Look, Niner fans are quietly confident because we feel like it's our time. feels like they've gone through all the bumps and bruises to get back to this point. You know, after Super Bowl 54, the way that ended, you know, 10-point lead, seven minutes to change, left to go, third and 15. And we know about the wasp play, the Tyreek Hill, third and 15. And we feel like something was stolen from us. And then if you go about the way last season went down, LeBron Purdy getting hurt in the NFC Championship game. So it's been the Super Bowl or bust mentality all season long for the 49ers in their fan base, in this fan base. And it feels like it's our time. It feels like they have the better team, the better offense. And with this offense humming, scoring nearly 30 points a game, we feel like we can force feed Chris McCaffrey and get to the magic number. We realize that Kansas City, in all their losses, they've given up at least 31 rushes a game in those losses and over 100-plus yards. So if we get to 30 carries with McCaffrey getting about 20 to 25 and maybe Debo getting another 5 to 7, that the Niners can win this game going away with the time of possession in their favor. So there's a quiet confidence with the 49er fan base. Well, we do realize, we do realize we're going up against Superman, and that's passing the home. So that's in the back of our minds, and we know that we're going to be in a dogfight going against Mahomes. But if the Niners' offense handle their business and maximizes every possession, we feel like we're going to win this trophy. 
Monte, I'm certainly confident heading into it. I just expect Kansas City to have to grind this game out because they've always had to grind games out. They had to grind it out against Buffalo. They had to grind it out last week against Baltimore. I think this game is going to be low scoring. I have it 23-17 Kansas City. I like the under in this game. I'm picking Kansas City because they have the clearly superior coach, clearly the better quarterback, and I think it's just as clear that their defense is better. So if you're going to give me Patrick Mahomes and the better defense and the better coach I just feel really confident heading into this matchup but I certainly have a lot of respect for San Francisco and a team that since they traded Christian McCaffrey they have clearly been the league's second best team behind Kansas City yeah you know and you're cool to feel like that I expect you to feel like that Carrington and because you do have back to Mahomes he's the best player of football without a doubt like I remember a couple of years ago people have been arguments about Josh Hurt Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes I'm like what Mahomes all day. And trust me, Niner fans were still disappointed back in 2017 when he sent John Lynch and GM of the 49ers to scout Mahomes just to be a decoy. And John Lynch was calling back to Shedhead saying, hey, uh, you sure we don't want to take this kid out of Texas Tech? So we understand what we're going up against. But we also watch the games just like you do. And we realized Buffalo left some food on the table, right? Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs dropping that deep ball. You know, Josh Allen missing that seam route late in the game before the Tyler Bass missed field goal. We also realized that the Baltimore Ravens only ran the damn ball 16 times. What are they doing? They were they were playing. It was so crazy watching that game before the Niners and I was at Levi's watching the game, you know, watching what was going on. And we're thinking to ourselves, boy, if we have to play Baltimore in the Super Bowl, it's going to be really tough because we saw what happened on Christmas night. But Baltimore played that game offensively as if they were down 14 nothing, 21 nothing, 24 7 at the half. Thinking to myself, what are they doing? The run game is working. Keep pounding. They're down 10 at the half. No need to abandon the run game. And for whatever reason, they did that, which played right in the hands of the Kansas City Chiefs, of course. I would expect Kyle Shanahan to do that. I expect him to learn his lesson, feed the ball, give it to number 23 play action pass, and use your playmakers all day long. And I expect this defense, you know, you're right. The defense has been disappointing ever since, I want to say the Arizona game when the Cardinals ran for over 230 yards on the 49ers. It's been downhill ever since. Bosa hasn't had any help. Chase Young has been a massive disappointment. And whenever you hear the GM of the team, the defensive coordinator, and the head head coach talk about effort in the NFC Championship game, that's totally unacceptable unacceptable. So I expect the Niners' effort level to be a lot better defensively, and I expect Bolson to really set the tone on the defensive end. Look, the secondary is what it is. They're going to give up plays. Kelsey's going to get his money, but I do expect the premium players to play like platinum players, and that's Fred Water, that's Nick Bosa, that's Drew Greelaw. I expect these guys to fly around and make just enough plays to give the Niners' offense a chance to steal this Super Bowl late in the game, and I expect the Niners to do just that. Bonte, who are you more worried about in this matchup? Is it Isaiah Pacheco or Travis Kelsey? Oh, I mean, it all starts with Kelsey, right? I mean, Kelsey caught 11 passes on 11 targets against the Ravens. We saw that Ravens defense. I said, how is that possible? The guy doesn't even run natural routes. Look, Pacheco's running hard. And if Pacheco's getting five yards of carry, then that means everything else is going to work for Kansas City. So, obviously, you want to shut down Pacheco and keep him grounded because Kelsey – as the great players do, they always get theirs, right? They find a way. Can you limit that? Can you tackle? But you can't let Pacheco start running the ball and get to the second and third level. That's when you get problems. That's when Andy Reid starts getting to his bag of tricks with the plash of passes, the trick plays, the jet sweeps. So it all starts with slowing down Pacheco. You know, and I don't know if Joe Duty's going to play your all-pro guard. If he doesn't play, 
the Niners have to take advantage of that inside and force Pacheco outside, and I expect this to set the end. So shut shut down Pacheco because Carrington, nobody talks about the Eagles Super Bowl. It talks about the impact that Pacheco had. I thought he was the X factor. I thought he changed the game, the way he was able to control the ground ground game and move the six. Like people don't even realize Mahomes threw for less than 200 yards in that Super Bowl. You know, obviously with the fumble recovery by Bolton and the big punt return by Tony. But Pacheco, to me, was the difference in that Super Bowl. So it starts with him. You don't want teams running the ball. You slow down a run game and, and, and force Kansas City to be one-dimensional. Right now we're talking to Bonte Hill of 95.7 The Game out west in the Bay Area. Just getting his thoughts as we get you ready for Super Bowl 58. Let's get back to the defense here because, like, on paper, these two teams' defenses feel very similar. I mean, this season Kansas City allowed 294 points. San Francisco allowed 298 points. I mean, this was a coin flip, two very similar defenses. Kansas City's defense has been able to translate that to the postseason and continue to play at a high level where the offense or excuse me, for the, or the defense for San Francisco hasn't been able to do that. What's changed with San Francisco's defense where I thought Green Bay moved the ball pretty easily against them? I also thought the Lions did as well. Yeah, Cleveland Farrell, believe it or not, the former Raider, was very underrated for this defense, set the edge on the early downs. Now Chase Young has had to play a lot more snaps to be quite honest, I expect A.B. Reed to attack him, whether it's jet sweeps, whether it's screens, whether it's quick pitches outside, because Chase Young plays too high. And when you're allowing offensive linemen to get to the second level, get blocks, and get downhill on the linebackers, all of a sudden the run game is working. Um, they have stiffened up in the second half. I'll give the defense that. They have played a lot better in the second half of these football games, but obviously it gets Mahomes and company. They're going to need to play a full half of football. The first, the Green Bay game, for whatever reason, Karen, Logan Ryan was starting. Now, Jair Brown's a rookie out of Penn State, a strong safety. He replaced Talanoa Hufanga uh, when he got hurt for the season. And Jair Brown did an excellent job. I thought he was solid, you know, playing coming from Penn State. This organization is very high on him. He got hurt, and Logan Ryan played that divisional round game and just lift on tackle after tackle. I mean, I was just like, whoa, are you going to tackle, dude? Because Collision Rat dried the legs, and Aaron Jones went crazy. So tackling has gotten a lot worse for the 49ers. They need to clean up the tackling. I don't know if that has to do with the bye week. I don't know if the inactivity is not playing basically week 18. And, of course, that bye week in the first round of the playoffs. But the tackling has been porous. Walter Ryan was porous. So then Jair Brown gets back into the lineup against Detroit. And more tackling issues and more edge uh, uh, loss and containment issues on the edge there where guys are getting outside. So they've got to clean up the edges. They've got to contain running backs and keep them inside. And even quarterbacks, too, for that matter, Carrington, keep everything inside the pocket. Don't know everything inside. These are getting outside wide on them. They're getting on the blocks. And that's been a problem for them, not to mention the, the missed tackles. You know, you think about some of these playoff games, Carrington, you get a three-yard catch and the guy gets six yards. That's just unacceptable because of missed tackles. Those first downs keep teams on the field, keeps the chains moving, keeps the defense on the field. So the tackling's become porous. Uh, setting the edge has become awful. And so that's been very, very alarming for the 49ers defense. Their views have been hitting people, setting tones. Hasn't been the case in the postseason. They're going to need to clean that up. They want to hoist this Lombardi. It feels like a theme of this has just been about respect in our conversation. And I'm here telling you that very few people in Kansas City have any respect for Brock Purdy, where I feel like I've been going out of my way to be like, hey, maybe this guy isn't that bad. Hey, this guy who he has been the starter for 21 games and they won 17 of them and he has more touchdown passes this year than Trevor Lawrence in yards. Hey, maybe this guy's good. 
Our listeners have shut me down every single time that I've tried to defend Brock Purdy. You have seen every single snap, every single pass of Brock Purdy. How do people in San Francisco feel? And going up against this defense, how confident are you that Brock Purdy can play well? Well, this 49er fan base has wrapped their arms around Brock Purdy. I mean, who doesn't love this story, right? The underdog story, the last pick of the NFL draft. Now, I'm going to tell you, Kirsten, I did not believe when Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt last season in the Miami game. I said, boy, this season's done. Wow, what a waste. <laughs> All this talent, <laughs> first-round playoff loss. Here we go. And then Brock took the field. They win that game. And then he has his first career start against Tom Brady. And the feeling in that game, when he was dropping dimes down the field, we were like, oh, my gosh. We haven't seen this in this offense in years. And the crowd started chanting Purdy, and he hasn't dropped off. I mean, he broke the single-season yardage mark for most passing yards in 49ers franchise history. This is a franchise that's had, you know, Y.E. Tittle, John Brody, Joe Montana, Steve Young, Jeff Garcia. Brock Purdy is number one in most yards in a season throw. Think about that. This team nearly averaged 30 points a game. Why? Because this guy's cool, calm, and collected. And he has that extra it factor to where the play breaks down, he can improvise. He can scramble around and make a play and extend the play. You know, with Jimmy, the biggest beef with Jimmy Garoppolo with his fan base was, man, the play breaks down and it's done. It's like, dude, you can't try anything. You can't try to improv, roll around, maybe make a play, throw the ball down the field. Brock Purdy does all that. He checks all those boxes for Kyle Shanahan. You want to throw the ball down the field? He's done that this season. You want to throw the ball in immediately? He's done that this season. He did it against Detroit. Coming out of halftime, nice little route to Debo Samuel. The business to get back in the game. And then it's scrambling, which really set him apart in that NFC championship game. The third and four in the final drive in which they crunched that game, basically, the goal of 10. His scrambles on that drive won that football game. So we believe in Brock Purdy, but we also know that it's not all on Brock Purdy. He's got Christian McCaffrey to lean on. He's got Debo Sanders. He's got George Kittle. And he's got Brendan Ayuk, who may be the most slept-on player in this football game. That matchup, whether he's going against McDuffie or Sneed, could be a, could go a long way to deter, determining the Super Bowl. So uh, we believe in Brock Purdy. We believe in the job that he's done. All he's done is just put up number after number, answered the bell. You want to come back and win a football game? Well, he did it twice in a row uh, in these playoffs. Would it be a front runner and blow teams out? He's done that. You want to go to Philadelphia and avenge that loss in the NFC title game? Well, we're going to go in there and drop 42 on you and score on six straight possessions. They're all going to be touchdowns. Brock Purdy has done that. You know, they want to say game manager. Uh, well, guess what? All these quarterbacks are game managers. Their job is to manage the offense and make sure that you don't make mistakes. And if a play presents itself, well, can you make that play? That's been the big difference in game managers and game changers. And there's nothing wrong being a game manager, but Brock Purdy has changed the game for this 49ers offense. And since he's become the quarterback of his team, they've averaged over 30 points a game, and he knows how to use his weapons. The name of the game is to get the ball to your playmakers. Brock Purdy does that at an elite level, and he knows when to scramble. So we're confident in him being able to move this ball against the Kansas City Chiefs defense. We really are. I just want to tell you guys this before, uh, you know, we let Bonte go that I went on a show this morning and he wanted to put a wager on the game. And I said, sure, you know, I'm already placing monetary wagers on it. And he was like, hey, I want some ribs. And I'm like, yeah, that's no problem. We have the best ribs. He offered me clam chowder in exchange, which seems like you want you want the number two overall pick and you offer me two fifth round picks in exchange. So, it, I mean, if, if you want to amend that right now, I'm happy to put up a rack of Kansas City ribs against whatever you guys have in San Francisco. I'm just afraid that you guys don't have high level food like we do here in Kansas City.
<laughs> well, don't listen to Keith Lee on the internet who made the rounds about a month ago talking about Oakland, California, and our food. I mean, we are the home of seafood, right? Lobster rolls, uh, uh, crab sandwiches. We got it all out here. So you can pick and choose whatever food you want because clam chowder was a little low. I mean, I was trying to be Danny Age, man. I was trying to swindle you, Carrington. That's what we do out here in the Bay Area, man. We're the home of hustlers, man. We're trying to hustle you out of a slab of ribs out there in KC. For, for minimal, but I, I was just thinking like, man, we're not losing this game, so I don't really have to send anything to you, you know, so I didn't think that part through, character. I mean, Bonte, Patrick Mahomes has already broken your heart once. You're telling me you don't think he's going to do it again? I know. I Listen, man, I, I don't think he's going to do it again. I think, look, he's a bad, bad man, and I am petrified of the way he throws the football. He's, you know, I, I, I contend, I've been saying this all week, his performance last year at Levi Stadium, when they went into Levi Stadium and dropped 44 to 49ers, and I believe he threw for like 423 and five touchdowns. It's one of the five greatest performances I've seen from a quarterback in regular season history. Seriously. Like, I'm going back, Steve Young, Jim Kelly, Kettlesick Park, both teams. It was like a combined thousand total yards. You had Drew Bledsoe and Dan Marino one year, Joe Robbie Stadium. Mahomes has two of those performances. Once on Monday night against the Baltimore Ravens, I think it was the pandemic season when nobody was at the game, and he threw like four or five touchdowns in the first half. You will remember. And then, of course, last year, Levi Stadium. He's a bad, bad dude. we got to get pressure on him, no doubt about it. But I feel like the Niners now have an offense that can combat whatever Mahomes and Andy Reid does on Sunday. We finally have an offense and a quarterback that can put up some points and go mano and mano against you guys. So we feel good, man. We feel really good about the Super Bowl. We have a quiet confidence out here in the Bay Area. That's my guy, Bonte Hill, joining us on the show today from 95.7 The Game out west in the Bay Area, giving us his thoughts, the 49ers' perspective, as we are closer and closer to Super Bowl 58. Bonte, man, always appreciate your time. Thanks a lot for hopping on today. Yeah, can't wait to see you in Vegas, Carrington. Keep up the good work, man. Good luck. Absolutely, man. I'll see you tomorrow. That is Bonte Hill joining us on the show today. Happy to catch up with him. You know what I've noticed over these last couple of days talking about Brock Purdy, and maybe I'm guilty of this too. Because I I like Brock Purdy, but I, I think I might be guilty of this too. Almost all of the conversations, like almost all of them about Brock Purdy, are centered around everything going right. Well, you are going up against Kansas City's defense. Everything has not gone right for your offense going up against them. Like, they are going to make you incredibly uncomfortable. They are incredibly disruptive, and they are going to take something away from you offensively. I don't know what it is. And the question is, do you think that Brock Purdy can operate in that level of discomfort, can he be uncomfortable? Everything will probably not go perfect for Kansas City's offense. Like, I know that you guys are super confident about this game, and you should be, but something will probably go wrong with Kansas City. They will have a penalty that takes a touchdown off the board. A ball will get tipped. They'll have a a holding call. Something will go wrong. Things went wrong in the AFC Championship game offensively for this team. I trust Patrick Mahomes still in the face of things not being perfect to be able to overcome that and make a play the same way that he did in the AFC championship game. All right. Hey, I know our offense has been bad in this second half. You've seen the inside the NFL. Give me the ball. All right. I'm going to go make the play for us to win the game. Brock Purdy against this defense is going to have to make at least three of those kind of plays. And do you think 
It's not going to be Christian McCaffrey that can make it. It can't be Debo Samuel that makes it, not Brandon Ayuk. You're going to have to make three of those plays against this defense to win. And can you do it? And just based on the text line, it doesn't seem like many of you think that Brock Purdy can make those three plays. I know Patrick Mahomes can make those three plays. I've seen him do it time and time again. I'm not getting the sense that you guys think Brock Purdy is capable of making those plays. Rob, do you think Brock Purdy is capable of making those plays? Because Lamar Jackson has not proven himself to be very capable. Josh Allen had opportunities. He couldn't make them down the stretch. Like Buffalo had the ball and was driving it with a chance to win the football game. They had a chance to take control of that game and then put the pressure on Mahomes to take his team down the field. That didn't happen. You're asking Brock Purdy to do something that two-time MVP Lamar Jackson couldn't do. What Josh Allen, two-time Madden cover, you're asking Brock Purdy to do something that those two guys couldn't do. I do understand why you guys are down on his ability if those guys couldn't do it either. I don't think he make those plays. Like, it's that simple to me. Like, I know that I came off as the hater and the villain and the whole thing, but I felt like the Chiefs and Ravens, relatively even, but the Chiefs were a team that made mistakes in those moments, and their quarterback was good enough to make plays and take advantage of those mistakes. That's not how the game played out. I felt the same way about Buffalo. I felt like these teams are evenly matched. The Chiefs are a really good team. The Bills are a really good team. The Chiefs might make mistakes, and the Bills have a quarterback that can make enough plays to beat the Chiefs. I didn't feel that way about Tua. And the way I feel about Purdy and the way I feel about Tua are very similar. I feel like everything has to be perfect. It has to be rainbows and unicorns for that guy to beat Kansas City with the defense they have. And I can't picture the Super Bowl game script being everything goes perfect for Brock Purdy. I can't think the last time we had a Super Bowl where it's like, oh man, one team just had everything go perfect and that's why they won the game. I mean... Maybe the Bucks, they had everything go near perfect, but that was a unique scenario. It's COVID. The Chiefs had a backup, backup offensive line. I mean, other than that, have you thought of a scenario where it's like, oh, Super Bowl blank had that happen. Everything went perfect, and that one team got the win. That's not how the world works in games of this magnitude, and I don't think Brock Purdy can beat Kansas City unless he's immaculate, and I can't imagine him being immaculate. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he has to be immaculate in order to do it. I just think that he has to avoid turning the ball over. Now, he had a lot of turnover-worthy plays in the last two postseason games. He made mistake after mistake in the Green Bay game. Like I do not think he played well at all in the Green Bay game. But I do think he gets some credit for the comeback. Sure, they needed a ball to bounce off a defensive player's face, but that's football. I do think that Brock Purdy is capable of making some plays. A lot of it really comes down to, is this game going to be high scoring or not? Could San Francisco win a grinded out kind of game with their run game, with their defense playing well? I mean, this season, their defense and Kansas City's defense were not very far off. Like, I understand why people are super confident about Kansas City's defense. I get it. I'm super high on their defense. Their defense allowed four fewer points this year than San Francisco. There is a good defense in there for San Francisco. I don't know where it's been the last couple of weeks, but it's there. Over 17 weeks, they were almost similar to Kansas City's defense. They got a chance to. Now, can they put it together for 60 minutes? They've been bad these last two weeks. 
But now you get two weeks to prepare. You get some time. I just don't, I guess maybe a way of summing this up is I don't think Kansas City is going to run away from San Francisco. They haven't really run away from many good teams this season. Other than Miami in the first round of the playoffs, almost every game that they have played against a team that you think is good, it's been close late. Every single one. Green Bay, Buffalo, Baltimore, any team that we have any level of the Lions, it's normally close late. I think this game is going to be close in the final 15 minutes of it. So I don't know if you need Brock Purdy to be immaculate for a full 60 minutes, but he's going to have to make one or two throws, one or two decisions, or just not turn the ball over and then allow McCaffrey to take over. Allow your defensive line. You spent a lot of resources on that defensive line. You got a a defensive player of the year. You got a top five pick on that defensive line. Guys got to get pressure if they're going to win this game on the other side. And maybe, maybe this is semantics because what you're describing for Brock Purdy, which is play a clean football game and get put this team in the right position to make plays, is my version of Immaculate because he wasn't that against the Lions. He had turnovers. He wasn't that against the Packers. He had turnovers. In the games that stand out where you watch the Niners this year, like the Ravens game on Christmas night, he definitely wasn't that. I just think the Chiefs are going to force him into doing things he's not comfortable doing. And whether it be arm strength, whether it be decision-making, whether it be whatever that has led him to be a seventh-round pick, I think the Chiefs are going to force him into uncomfortable positions and highlight the things he can't do because I don't think against good defenses he can't turn the ball over. I do like my favorite. I, I do like that Chiefs fans are back. Text line 913-586-7610. See, look at the quarterback. San Francisco played a bunch of nobodies this year. You'll understand why their defense played well. Someone else, who did the Niners play? Their defense, much like the AFC North defenses, are padded due to weak competition. I, you know what? I'm, I'm just happy, Chiefs fans. You guys are back, man. I'm, I'm happy. You know, I love it. I love the confidence of it. San Francisco's terrible. Christian McCaffrey can't run. Their defense can't stop anybody. Their quarterback stinks, yet they're in the Super Bowl. You know what, man? I love you guys. I really do. Coming up on the other side, to show you how much I love you, I'm going to give you a chance to win two pizzas. We're not going to give away any pizzas tomorrow, so let's give away our pizzas today. 913-586-7610. I have a trivia mini game for you guys. If you win the trivia mini game, I will give you two pizzas if not, I'm not going to give you two pizzas, and we're going to hang up on you. You guys know the rules. I'll tell you the question coming up on the other side. Keep it right here. So drive. The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Ladies and gentlemen, he's feeling it. I am. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. 
Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Champion Dot. You never know when it's going to happen, but it's always your chance to win. Here's another edition of CDOT's Trivia Minigame on the drive. We'll get back to Super Bowl 58 here coming up in a bit. We'll be joined by Danny Parkins in the 4 o'clock hour. Mayor of Kansas City will also be on the show today. It seems very fitting that for the final trivia media game of the football season, we give you a chance to win two pizzas. If you win, we are going to give you two pizzas from our friends over at the other place. Some great pie. The question is simple. There are five players currently on the Chiefs who have played for both Kansas City and San Francisco. Can you name them? You guys know the rules. Name as many as you can. And the moment you miss, what happens, Rob? We hang up on you. It's that simple. How many do you need to get to get a mulligan? Two? Three? Two's a mulligan. Two? All right. Two will give you a mulligan. All right, Andrew. There are five players currently on the Kansas City Chiefs roster that have played for both San Francisco and Kansas City. Can you name them? Uh, You got Ward. Well, you know what? I have to hang up on you because Traverius Ward does not play for the Chiefs anymore. He plays for San Francisco. All right. Listening is key here. Alex, there are five players currently on the Kansas City Chiefs that have played for both Kansas City and San Francisco. Traverius Ward, he did play for both teams, but he is not currently on the Chiefs. All right, Alex, now that I've given you all the rules, how many of them can you name? I can do Charles Amenahue. Charles Amenahue is correct. There are four left. Jarek McKinnon. Correct. Jarek McKinnon. Uh, I'm not going to get any more to you, though. I'm sorry, my guy. All right. You know what, Alex? I appreciate it, man. MJ, there are three players left on the Chiefs that have played for both Kansas City and San Francisco. Jarek McKinnon is off the board. Charles Aminahu is off the board. There are three players left that have played for both teams. Do you think you can name them? Uh, probably. Okay. Uh, let's see. Blaine Gabbert? Blaine Gabbert is correct. Hashtag M-I-Z. Hashtag Tiger Blood. Um, Joshua Williams? Joshua Williams is incorrect. Great guess, though, but Joshua Williams is incorrect. I will give you one clue. Both of these players are on offense. How about that? I'll give you a clue here. All right, Shane, there are two players left currently on the Chiefs that have played for both teams. Blaine Gabbert is off the board. Jarek McKinnon is off the board. Charles Amenahu off the board. There are two left. Can you name them? Both players are on offense. I've even given you a clue. Um, Blake Bell. Blake Bell is correct. There's one more. Oh... Richie James. Richie James is the correct answer. Let me put you on hold there. Correct answer. You could see it came to Shane in a vision. You could see it quick. I know the answer. Richie James. Yes, that is the correct answer. The five players currently on the Chiefs that have played for both teams. Blake Bell, Blaine Gabbert, Jarek McKinnon, 
Charles Amenahu and Richie James. They are the answer to the question. And in the game, Chris Conley currently plays for the San Francisco 49ers and Charvarius Ward. He also plays for San Francisco as well. There are seven players that have played for both teams in this year's Super Bowl. Coming up in about 30 minutes or so, we'll be joined by Danny Parkins of 670 The Score in Chicago. I want to play what Colin Cowherd said yesterday, and this is a fear that I have coming into the game, just a small fear. It is related to what Colin Cowherd had to say. Name brand defense, Niners. Yeah. The store brand is Kansas City. So all season, all these great quarterbacks against Kansas City's defense, young defense, you don't know their names, never allowed 30 points. The Niners did three times. Kirk Cousins ate the Niners defense up. Stafford, Joe Burrow, big Sundays. So San Francisco's defense is just the name brand. There's Bosa, there's Fred Warner. You know the players. Armstead, Chase Young. The better defense easily, especially on the back end, the pass defense, is Kansas City. Also had more sacks, significantly more hurries up front. The defense shut down three highly productive offenses, two on the road in the playoffs. During the regular season, they only allowed 17 and a half points a game. I think that was second best in the league. Again, I've bought a lot of Kirkland stuff. It's good, too. This is a slight concern that I have about this game. And I know, text line, you're super confident Chiefs are going to win this game 49 to nothing. I'm, I'm just here to present an argument that maybe this game could be close. Maybe it could be competitive. Did you guys know that the San Francisco 49ers have a former defensive player of the year on their team? And in this game, he is going to be going up against Jawan Taylor. Now, it was not that long ago in which confidence for Jawan Taylor was very low. I was here. I heard it. I saw it. I was a part of it. In this game, I'm going to guess that one of the matchups that they are going to feel very confident in is that Jawan Taylor is going to have to stop one of the best five pass rushers in the National Football League. Certainly pretty high up in Nick Bosa. Now, I think Kansas City's offensive line has played really well. And they have done a very good job of protecting Patrick Mahomes. And Mahomes has done a very good job of getting the ball out of his hands and making decisions a lot faster than he does did in the regular season. I think he has played much more under control and much more disciplined than he did in the regular season. So some of this is on Patrick Mahomes to get the ball out of his hands and make good decisions, which he has done. And I think that a couple of the sacks that he took in the Baltimore game, he took because, hey, I don't want to throw an interception. I also don't want to throw an incompletion and stop the clock. So I'm going to sort of fall on a little bit and take the sack here. But there are names on that defensive line, and you could possibly allow one of those guys to get hot. You're not going to have the best offensive lineman on your team in Joe Tooney. And that's a possible way that San Francisco could take advantage in this game. And, I mean, this matchup is really going to be defined by who can win that matchup on the outside between Jawan Taylor and Nick Bosa. And I would guess, if we were listening to San Francisco Sports Talk Radio, that is a matchup in which they feel they have the advantage. And if San Francisco wins this game, it is a matchup that they have to win. 
if Bosa is not a factor in this game, I don't think it's realistic to think that San Francisco can win this game. I don't think that Bosa has to have three sacks or anything, but he has to be disruptive. He has to be a factor in this game. He has to be noticeable in the outcome of this game. He has to be a difference maker in this game. I don't think he was against the Green Bay Packers, and I don't think he was for most of the game against the Detroit Lions. I agree. I actually think he was a bigger difference maker down the stretch. I think that play where Jordan Love throws back across his body, there's pressure from Nick Bosa. So I think he may have had a bigger impact in that game than you thought. But, I mean, the Lions' right tackle is Panay Sewell, who was a pro bowler and a top 10 pick. And honestly, if you listen to any offensive line talk across social media, Mitchell and Jeff Schwartz, they all rave about Panay Sewell. He handled Nick Bosa. Do we think Jawan Taylor can play as well as Panay Sewell? He played really good in the Ravens game against Jadavion Clowney. Like he played very, very good football. If he can do that again, I think the Chiefs can win. But if he's week 11, Jawan Taylor, I think the Chiefs could be in some trouble because Nick Bosa has that level of game-changing ability. We just haven't seen this postseason because better offensive linemen have stymied him. Yeah, I, I I really think like there are a couple of players that have to play well in order for San Francisco to win. Christian McCaffrey, there is not a game script to me that you can create that San Francisco wins, that Christian McCaffrey doesn't have a good day. I would say the same thing about Nick Bosa. You maybe can get by if Fred Warner doesn't have a big impact on the game, if Traverius Ward doesn't play incredibly well in this game. I just don't know how you can have a guy who... I mean, you gave $150 million to this offseason, has been a guy who has had double-digit sacks in his last three seasons, who won Defensive Player of the Year last year. If he is not in the middle of what you were doing defensively to turn things around from what you, get, uh, what you did against the Detroit Lions, there is just not a pathway for you to win the game. Coming up in the 4 o'clock hour, we'll be joined by Danny Parkins of 670 The Score in Chicago. Keep it right here. It's The Drive. The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Someone on the text line says, see that, I get it. Our confidence is sky high right now. I want to be clear here, folks. The point of today and me telling you my confidences and my fears is not to try to bring your confidence down in this game. I'm confident in this game. Like we as a show have already started making plans for the parade in my personal life. I've already started making plans for the parade. Like I, I believe the Chiefs are winning this game. I have put down a significant amount of money that I believe the Chiefs are going to win this game. So I am not here telling you to not feel confident about the Super Bowl and heading into it. All I'm really trying to do is, over the course of 20 hours, is I think the show has to have a little bit of balance. It has to have me telling you why I think they're going to win, but I also think that part of the conversation at least has to be, hey, the team that they're playing is kind of good. Brock Purdy has made 26 starts in his NFL career. The Niners have won 21 of those games. They have still the current defensive player of the year in Nick Bosa, the same way that Patrick Mahomes is the current NFL MVP. Now, after today, that's going to change, and then it'll be former MVP, former defensive player of the year. But as of today, 
They still have the defensive player of the year, and they have won 21 of their last 26 games. In one of those games, their quarterback got hurt after four passes. So I think Kansas City is going to win this game. I am simply trying to at least give a little bit of balance to the fact of, hey, maybe there's a reason why San Francisco was the number one team in the NFC this year, and maybe possibly they do some things well that could make this a good and competitive game. If we believe that Vegas knows, Vegas thinks the game is going to be close. Now, they might be wrong on who should be favored in this game. I think that Kansas City should be the favorite. I think it should be Kansas City minus two, Kansas City minus two and a half. If I was the one setting the line, they think the line is a little bit differently and see the game differently than how I see it. But just based on how Kansas City has played this postseason, at least maybe the thing that I guess me and the text line and me and Chiefs Kingdom maybe disagree, I don't know why you would think going into this game that Kansas City is going to blow San Francisco out. I get how you think they are going to win. I get how you're very confident that they are going to win. They have not blown out many teams that are as good as this San Francisco, not this version of the Kansas City Chiefs. Last year's Chiefs, yeah. Two years ago, yeah. This version of the Chiefs, they have not just, hey, roll the ball out. They're going to score 35. They're holding the other team to three, and and you are going to be and you are going to just be comfortable in the second half of this game. That is not how the Chiefs have operated so far this season. So I think this game is going to be close in the third quarter and heading into the fourth quarter, and I just trust Kansas City to make more plays down the stretch. You mentioned the blowouts. Have the Chiefs blown any good, anyone good out this year at all? I mean, it. I, I, guess I would it, say no. I mean, yeah, I, mean, I guess it depends on how, how you feel about Miami. I mean, I, I guess, that's fair. In the playoffs, they blew out Miami. In frigid temperatures, Chris Jones and Media Day said that there were players on the team they were treating for frostbite. So you're right. They, they've blown out one good team. But that one good team they've blown out this year is the same one you told me for 18 weeks is on fraud watch. You told me they're fake. Outside of the team they blew out that's fake, they blew out the Bears. So I understand the confidence. I'm picking the Chiefs. You're picking the Chiefs. The text line is picking the Chiefs. I don't have any confidence in a blowout in the Chiefs direction. I don't know the Chiefs have the firepower, the artillery, whatever terminology you want to use to blow out a team like the Niners unless you get one of those Brock Purdy four-pick days that you saw in that Monday night Christmas Day game. But even then, I don't know the Chiefs are putting up 35-40 on the Niners. I just don't know they have the ability to blow anyone out at this point in the season. I think at least in this game, a major kind of source of the confidence and where I think a lot of the confidence should come from in this matchup is let's say that both teams play well. I think Kansas city can win that game, right? Let's say that both teams don't play well. I think that Kansas city can still win that game, right? Like they can win to grind it out 17, 13 kind of game. I don't think that San Francisco can win this game if they don't play well. Like, I don't think that, like, they have the ability maybe to grind it out in a way like where if Kansas City goes out there and it's just, hey, it's one of those days, that offense is humming, and they get out to a 17-3 lead. I don't think San Francisco is going to be able to do the things to Kansas City that they were able to against Detroit to find themselves back in the game. Like, I think what happened against the Lions is I think the Lions kind of got shell-shocked a bit. The Lions had a chance to go up 17 points with seven minutes left in the third quarter. 
And then it was tied up. And you could just feel it. The crowd, the momentum, all of those things had shifted. The Lions were not prepared to take a punch in that game. They were prepared to do the punching, and they laid a big punch early on in the, in the fight. But once San Francisco woke up and then they started punching back, I think you saw one team kind of roll over a little bit. I know that won't happen to Kansas City. Other than Cincinnati, two years ago in the AFC Championship game, there has been no team that has been able to do that to Kansas City. So I don't think that San Francisco is going to be able to do it. Things are going to have to go really close to their game script in order for San Francisco to win, where I don't feel that way for Kansas City. I look at Kansas City as they could win this game because Mahomes is Superman. They could win this game because Travis Kelsey is Superman. They could win this because Isaiah Pacheco runs for 125 yards. I think there are probably more ways for Kansas City to win than I think there are for San Francisco to win. There are ways for San Francisco to win, but you need a really good day from Christian McCaffrey, and you probably need a really strong performance from Bosa, and you probably need to force a turnover against a quarterback who has not turned the ball over in his last six games. Like, I don't know if I see a path for San Francisco to win that doesn't force them to you got to get one tip pass on Mahomes. You got to get some pressure. You have to do something to disrupt the timing. Baltimore didn't really do that. They didn't allow Kansas City to score, but they it felt like Baltimore was waiting for one big defensive play, a tip ball, a turnover to flip the field that just never happened. I think San Francisco is going to need something very similar. That's fair. And I'm trying to think of a way to say this. It doesn't make me sound like a hater. Isn't that the inverse case too, though? Like you said, the game script, you don't see the game script where, you know, if both teams play well, the Niners can win. There is a game script where the Chiefs fall back into bad habits that we saw over the course of the regular season and the Niners win the game. Like you didn't mention that as a possibility there. We talked about a lot on the show and it's why I became a hater on the show. The Chiefs were a penalty prone team that turned the ball over at a high level and had the dropsies. They have fixed every single one of those problems in the postseason. If they fall into those week 11 bad habits or the Raider game bad habits, which was just two months ago in their game script where the Niners walk away with a 31-17 because their offense can take advantage of those mistakes and their defense can do enough to win. Like there is a game script formula where the Niners walk away with a comfortable victory. It just takes the Chiefs reverting to very bad habits, right? You know what? Coming up on the other side, how about this? I have one final thing I'm very confident in and one thing that I'm fearful of. And my fear is related to what you just said about these two teams and how I think the game could possibly play itself out. I'll tell you what that is coming up on the other side. Keep it right here. It's the drive. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love. Hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 